Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The podcast that definitely won't be trying to find the keywords that Livingston Football Club used in order to get some free Scud movies in their Twitter replies. I'm joined today okay. on Glasgow Southside by two men from different ends of the Terrace podcast experience chart. First of all, we've got Scottish journalism snappiest dresser, dresser Craig Cairns. Hello, Craig. Hello. And at the other end, we've got Scottish football's biggest metal gear of solid enthusiast and one of the hardest workers in the Twitter biz, Stevie Dunn. Hello, Stevie. Yeah. Hello. Magic. Uh, so, as it's a Monday podcast, as always, we will be reviewing the weekend's action um, and talking about uh, Kilmarnock Aberdeen for the least amount of time absolutely possible. So, we'll kick off with the highest scoring game of the weekend. Uh, we'll head for the Highlands as Livingston absolutely bodied Ross County 4-1. Goals from John Guthrie, Stephen Lawless, Lyndon Dyson, Jack Stobbs for Livingston and a one consolation goal from Ross Stewart. Livingston are un- remain unbeaten in eight games this season, but is their first away game in 2019 after 364 days of getting bodied on the road. That was alright. <laughs> Holt said that they, they could have been better in the final third, which I thought was <laughs> pretty funny. It's very harsh, Sean, you have to say. <laughs> what I really enjoy about Gary Holt should most have scored eight. What I really enjoy about Gary Holt most of all is that see if you watch every one of his post-match interviews, he starts every answer like he's already giggling, like he knows a joke that nobody else gets. So it's like, I don't know what I'm doing last year. I'll do, I'll do this. It's going to be like heel. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. Exactly like that. But who could possibly have foreseen that a, a midfield with Mullen and Spittle wide and Chalmers and Vigers in the middle would be completely overrun by Livingston's Keegan Jacobs, Barbara Bartley and Scott Pittman. You have to say, uh, I have, I mean, that Ross County, I mean, I've seen Harry Clark with a better defence than that <laughs> way, Ross County, you know what I mean? It was a disgrace. It was, I couldn't believe that some of the goals I've seen. I think Joel uh, broke down he did this thing on Twitter the day where he broke down like 12 separate tweets it's on a good thread yeah, yeah, yeah. 
unbelievable. I, I have never seen defending quite like that in some time. Absolutely. I mean, the Scottish football, but it's hard, <laughs> but still. I've, I've not seen defending like that since uh, we played Joe Chalmers at left-back instead of in central midfield. But do, you know, do you know when you play a pinball machine and you shake it too much and it comes up tilt and it freezes everything so that the ball just runs down and you can't do fuck all about it? That's yeah. what Ross County's defender was like. Except the ball, tilt for the entire first half. Except the ball had like seven Livingston players chasing after it as well to punt it down the wee hole at the bottom. So yeah, The pinball was... machines still exist. Sure. Is that a dated, a dated reference? I mean, every chance. I mean, there's no chance that anybody that listens to us is below the age of 25 anyway, so it'll probably be totally fine. I'm thinking, I don't think I have seen it. In, I think they have one in Solid Rock, my town. But it's been, I mean, it's been about three or four years since I was last there. They may have to get rid of it. I don't know. I'm not going to go in just to investigate and see it. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen, Craig. So, um, but yeah, Livingston, Livingston hugely impressive in the first half. Um, as much as... Uh, Ross County were very, very poor over that period of time. Ross County, or, uh, Ross County, very poor. Livingston absolutely took their chances and looked very, very impressive going forward. I, I mean, they, still, they scored from the first three goals were from set pieces, which we know, Livy, that was their big strength last season. But um, I watched the game today, and even beyond that, they played a lot of good football. They still want to get the ball forward as uh, quickly uh, as they can, but it's, it's targeted long balls. They've got Dykes, who's good at holding it up, and they've got guys like Pittman buzzing around them that. Uh, both of those had uh, very good games, but not no. They they played they played a lot of good football in that match, and uh, but that that fourth goal that they scored, which you have to say, uh, County ended the half with their only kind of good spell of the game, scored the goal, and then come out second half and you think, well, we've got something to kind of to fight for here, Trying a wee bit of encouragement, and then mm. um, the counter attack and the finish was just unbelievable. I, mean, I don't think we'll see a better goal this season, to be honest, uh, in, again, in Scotland. Again, as good as the goal it was, that was from a Ross County. Free kick, free kick at yeah. that end of the party and Kettlewell after the game was saying at length all the things that we've been praised for since we came back into the top flight we did none of those things today so it's a real wake up call for them as well I think as well a lot of people were saying with Livingston um, maybe fit out a lot of I have seen people on Twitter saying they were favourites to go down, but I think with our second season, they've got more experience now, proved everybody wrong in their first season, and they didn't play like that team that were going to be favourites to go down at all, they were really well, good. And as you're saying, with, with, with Dykes up front, when they started recruiting players at the end of last season, so at the start of this season. I think we all said it's either they're either going to work very, very well or it's going to work very, very poorly and the recruitment might be very smart and might be very targeted in terms of the players that they're bringing in. I think we discussed that a bit about how they were looking for... I think Livingston are more than anybody else in the league looking for players that will fit in a, with a particular character within a squad. Yeah, and within a certain system. It's yeah, yeah. had a system in mind yeah. and brought players in to do that, like Dykes to play as a lone striker yeah. and Bartley to come in and screen the defence and add leadership qualities. And um, Guthrie, who he's brought in there to play centre-half, is another monster centre-half. And now they've got a, uh, another monster um, centre-back pairing, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, Stobbs' goal as well, that, that was his first goal. That was his first senior goal as well. <laughs> And uh, he also got subbed on and subbed off in that game because he was puggled. He's not played since February or something like that. So that's a decent way to announce yourself after all those. I, I know I'm only here because you and Taylor couldn't make it right. It's the, <laughs> the big dog podcaster, and that's fine, you and I'm sorry. But he did say today in his amazing Simply the Rest blog that Jack Stobbs, as good as the goal was, are we going to talk about that haircut? Because uh, it's, a, it's a shocker, isn't it? It looks like it's been done with a set square. <laughs> it's it's, it's a, bad. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird fringe, isn't it? The rest yeah. of us, alright. It see, looks alright for the side, so and for my, the back. But thing is, I'm going for a transplant soon. That's a shoot. I actually am, right? But so see if the guy turned around to me and he went, "Look, that transplant's not going to happen for you." But I've got another option. You can go with that guy, Jack Stobbs haircut. 
Or you can stay with the one you've got, an extreme pole, if you will. I would have to take my current haircut yeah. because that is a shocker. Let's go straight for the Agassi over the, over the set square. Yes. Excellent. But I mean, obviously, 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 it is, a, it is a bit of a wake-up call for us County as well. Right. And it was always going to happen at some point in the season. And it all depends on how they bounce back from that just now as well. I mean, as I said, as I was being sort of fairly facetious talking about their midfield, that is such a lightweight midfield, which I think all of yeah, us pinpoint. But they have Draper, season. and Draper will be in in the next game. I've, I've got uh, no doubt about that. After that performance, Draper will come back in. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't either, either played Draper with those two or instead of one of those two already. Um, but I did say a couple of weeks ago that that's the part of the team, the, the centre of defence was the team, the part of the team, sorry, that I was most worried about. I just, last season it was um, their Achilles heel at times, even though they won the league and uh, they, they haven't really improved the centre of the defence. Uh, they've lost Jamie Lindsay as well in there, who was, well, he's not as uh, sort of a, a big, sort of strong boy as Ross Draper is. He had so much energy within that as well, and in a way which Ian Vigels and Joe Chambers certainly do not. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, absolutely credit to, to Livingston for that. Uh, so we'll move on to the next game. Um, so that will be Celtic 3, Hearts 1, with goals from Christoph Berra, Callum McGregor, Craig Halkett for Celtic, <laughs> and Connor Washington for Hearts. So Stevie, does Celtic make any sense at all um, at this point in the season? Well, I think when I did the Celtic preview with Craig Fowler, I did say that I am the type of Celtic fan that genuinely, if Neil Lennon was to play two at the back, for example, a lot of Celtic fans would naturally be up in arms and going, what's he doing, what's he doing, is he shocking, I want a move! And I'd be going, it doesn't matter, he could play ball and goalie at the back, we, you know what I mean, we, we aren't in Alston. And I would still be very happy with our <laughs> midfield new attack, because yeah. when you look at it, we've got the strongest midfield and the strongest attack in the league, we shouldn't really be concerned about a couple of dodgy players that we've got. Um, so that's the type of Celtic fan I am I've been very consistent with that as you know yeah, that when you read the logs and that um, and when I saw the line up and, um, I was told beforehand that Fraser Foster would be starting and I said that in my Celtic group chat actually and people were <laughs> were going F- Foster's just getting rushed in against Hearts oh, I, I don't think you can be d-. and I'm going what are Hearts going to do what honestly gonna do what are they going to do now like Bilal Abdullah and Kafi Ahmed right the two Glasgow airport bombers, and they have a better record than Glasgow than Craig Levine. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> I, I, right away with Craig Levine, I thought, this is a Craig Levine Hearts team. He's, they've not taken points. Us. Um, and it was Robbie Nielsen's last two points of us in 2015, September. And I just knew right away that it doesn't matter what team we put out, it was a win, and it was a straightforward one at that. How do you think Celtic played? I watched the game, and I, I actually didn't think that Celtic played, played ourselves. that well. No, we played uh, within there ourselves. Was a lot of, there was a few... Um, shaky moments defensively, and I think that uh, Hearts just Hearts just weren't good enough to capitalise yeah. on it. Hearts, are, Hearts, are, Hearts do. Um, what Celtic played within themselves, but they can afford to do it yeah. against that Hearts team. And I think you'll see a better Celtic performance next Sunday. Obviously, yeah. um, they'll be more on the ball, and they will make changes for that. But I don't think Celtic had to be anywhere near their mm. best, and it's a damn, it's a big indictment on the state of that Hearts team. If I'm honest, that, that was the annoying thing watching it from um, from from a Hearts supporter point of view was that Celtic didn't look that good, but we didn't lay a glove on you, other than the the penalty, which the game's mm-hmm. gone by then anyway. Um, and yeah, I mean the the team that Hearts put out, it's not a bad team. There's good players in that, and mm-hmm. uh, Graham and I just recorded the Patreon before you came round, so. so guys want to go away you can hear me on an extended <laughs> rant about hearts but uh yeah i just think that 
I think that the product has to be better on the pitch for the squad that we've got. And Levine's the common denominator there and has been for this entire calendar year. And it's, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough going to Celtic Park and letting Celtic perform that poorly. Because there was times when the defence was all over the place. Sure. When Forster was ru- rushing out his goal and chesting it and then getting tackled. And then there was uh, bits when Julian carried, carrying his form over for the last couple of games. But Hearts did fuck all to lay a glove on Celtic. Yeah, you're right. And I think after seeing Celtic Hearts games, it was always a tough game for us. We, I always used to know, even at Celtic Park, games against Hearts were a struggle. You had to battle, you had to fight. And one thing I've noticed is Hearts in the last few years don't have any battlers or fighters now. They don't even make games hard for us anymore. It almost seems like, I joke with Robert Buffy before, it's a natural three-pointer for us, especially at Tynecastle up until maybe... You know, the last couple of seasons. And there's been but, a couple of times when Hearts just out of I, nowhere get a result. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, in Glasgow, definitely. We, we don't yeah. do anything nah. at Ibrox or Celtic Park, to be honest. And I think, again, that's a mentality with Craig uh, Levine, and it's only really him that can change that. It's either he changes his tactics and his style, or he goes and Hearts get somebody in to try and compete against that. So, is just a, a little bit more on the Celtic team as well. Is, is James Forrest playing on the, the left of Celtic's midfield? Just to get out the way of Chris Isle, because if he gets in the way, he's just going to run right over the top. I mean, it's going to be that sort of rolling Aye. stone. When is always, always swap the wingers around before and all that? But I have to say, I think I think even Forrest out in the left is fine. Isle in the right was he was fantastic. Yeah, was yeah, was every, every time it, it's, but there's a danger with that. There's a danger with expecting him just to yeah. naturally do that and. Again, they disrespect with bigger, bigger games. Yeah, and again, against Motherwell, it'll work. Against yeah. Hearts, it'll work. Again, bigger games, Aye. it maybe becomes a bit of a challenge. But I've been so impressed out there. My my main concern with it is is how he's he's essentially messing with my brain, and that that's not what a right back looks like. Aye. A right back does not look six foot two like Dolph Lundgren tearing tearing uh, both wingers and defenders from the Aye. back. He's massively. He's really came on leaps and bounds for us. I mean, this guy was sixteen. He was yeah. a captain. And all that, so he's always a natural football ability, but he's been great for us. And I think there's no surprise that Milan and all that were looking at him. And I think he'll be with us for a couple more seasons, but he'll probably be our next player, I think, I predict after McGregor to go for big, big money. Smashing. Uh, so we will head off to Lanarkshire now as Motherwell rolled into Hamilton um, and apparently took over the stadium, I believe. Um, and thumped them 3 1 with uh, Aki's with a, a consolation for Ross Cunningham. Uh, an own goal from Alex Gogic, uh, Liam Donnelly with 7-7 seven and seven now, and Chris Long uh, as well for Motherwell as well. So it, I can't really decide whether or not, I still have no idea whether Motherwell are any good or, <laughs> or rubbish. Um, by all accounts, they actually make it to, to Hamilton watch a good chunk of the game. Um, by all accounts, um, Hamilton were, uh, certainly from watching it as well, Hamilton was dreadful, absolutely dreadful, in the way that they do, and they go from game to game and look, you know, that's a, that's a serviceable team, that's okay, but the back line of a couple of kids. Yeah, another youngster brought in, wasn't it? Yeah. Stanger. Yep. And uh, and again, Hamilton, the boy Jamie Hamilton as well, who got, got himself put off for what was as Stonewall a penalty and as Stonewall a red card as you're ever likely to see uh, as well. Which again, I'll just, uh, Brian, Brian Rice's comments on that I found a little bit odd because um, Brian Rice feels that there's too many grey areas in the handball rule, which while there have been changes in the handball laws, I'm fairly confident that stopping a goal-bound shot with your arm has always been a red card. 
Yeah, and especially if it's, especially if it's uh, stretched above your head. Yes, it hardly had two hands stretched above his head. What what what's he doing there? Was he claiming something or just daft? Just daft waving arms about in the way that he's he's entirely prone to doing. Speaking of that red card though, what a tweet where your man shuts up a loser. Did you see it at the weekend? <laughs> Did you not see it? It was flying all <laughs> over Twitter. Okay, well. So was probably, I, was, I, was, I spent most of the Saturday on a slipping stone. Ah, so it's probably not going <laughs> to. You would have to just see the, the boys tweet, but it was a piece because obviously Hamilton went down to 10 men, but it came up in the BBC thing where Hamilton red card, to which the boy quoted it saying, well, of course they're getting beat, the entire team gets sent off. Very and good. Very simple and effective. Very and good. As far as I'm very, leave, very good. The, boy, the big man got the numbers in, so fair play <laughs> to him, you have to say. Congratulations. And I thought that. as well, with Motherwell, there was meant to be a big sickness bug, like yeah. They made out as if it was a parasite infection or murder base, so I had to get that metal gear record. That's, that's <laughs> I don't know, a couple of dodgy rolls and sausage. That's the one, that's the one. Uh, yeah, as it turns out, rumours of that sickness bug were greatly exaggerated, given yeah. that it's only saw of Richard Tate, as far as I can tell, and that was pretty much it. I was going to ask you where Tate was, because it's unlike him not to be in the, not to Poor, be the team. Poorly, not to I playing, believe. Not to be playing left-back. Poorly, I believe, is, is the, the long and short of it. Um, but yeah, Liam Donnelly, again, 7-7 seven and seven for him. Uh, him... Paul Worth and Campbell absolutely dominated the midfield in the game. Uh, Campbell has, as far as I can tell, never had a... He has been up and down at times, but he's never had a bad game at Hamilton. He came into the team for his debut against Hamilton at age 16, I think, with Boots Blackle and Lee Wilkie's soul uh, and turned up in that midfield and absolutely <laughs> chased everyone around that day. Then was out of the team for six months because Mark McGee. Um, but he absolutely harried, chased like an absolute warrior across that midfield and... It was against a, a 10 men Hamilton Aki's full of kids and maybe they deserve a little bit of credit for sort of standing up in a game which could have been very, it could have gone very badly for them. The first sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, we looked absolutely on top of them. Similar to the, the Celtic game as well. We were everywhere all over the park and almost it, it, as soon as we conceded the penalty, you could see everyone go, right, let's not be daft here. Um, we're down to 10 men, 2-1 up. We'll get another chance throughout this game as well. But for us... I kind of feel it's it's the beginning of a without wanting to sound like a like coaching Twitter. It's kind of the start of a kind of start of a new cycle for Motherwell at the moment. And the reaction after the Hearts game, if you listen to the the, the Patreon, you'll find Craig and I talking a lot about the reactions in social media and how people feel about that. But the reaction after the Hearts game, I felt was a little bit over the score, given that kind of regardless what happens in Scottish football, we should probably be getting beat by Hearts whether Hearts are good, bad and indifferent Hearts are a much bigger much better off club with much well generally with yeah better. both teams play to their potential Hearts should win the game yeah. Hearts, should, Hearts should win that game um, we weren't great on the night which was the disappointment from that but with guys like Seedorf and Hilton you've brought them in from non-league or from youth football down south because they have a talent which we can mould um, over the past few years there's been a whole series of guys that we've brought up who have been on the scrap heap for whatever reason through injury or through just being out of favour the guys like Charlie Dunn who was out of picture at a crap Oldham team and has come up and been what, a, a reasonably consistent performer for us and we've made him a much better footballer over two years than he was to begin with so we're back to the start of that again we've got guys like Hilton, we've got guys like Sadoff we've got guys like Polworth who have performed at this level we want to take them that a little bit further Tumble will come back as well Tumble will, well at some point perhaps, yeah. maybe or I've still no idea quite what will happen with that um, a whole series of guys in there we've still got Casper Sloth to come in whenever he appears from wherever he is that he's hiding um, but is, do you think is, is Robinson still searching for his best team do you think what Robinson searching for is a number 9 uh, we need, uh, Long has Long has looked very good and he, he's 
Good goal. Number... Good goal. Really nice really goal. goal. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's. I know he wears number nine on his back, but yeah. he isn't. He isn't a number nine kind of target yeah. man, is he? He's like a. He's, he's, more, he's more like a, a busy striker. Yeah, he's, he stretches the game really well, and he runs the channels really well, and makes a lot of likes a lot of. Run. He must be his, his fitness numbers must be incredible because the, the amount of ground that he covers over the course of the game is incredible. What we want is a number nine. We need a, a, a recognised set of forward. Along with St Johnston, along with Kilmarnock, everybody wants that thing, and I think it's essentially whoever ends up in the top six will be whoever signs Kyle Lafferty. Uh, I think is the is the, is the answer yeah. to that because one of them is Aberdeen not maybe strongly. Well, there's well. also at the weekend as well. They were talking. I'm sure on the radio they were saying that St Mirren there's some sort of mystery signing that they could make this week. And Lafferty was the one that popped into my head. Yeah. I mean, he's got to sign for somebody. You know what I mean? I don't even know if he's, he's St Mirren. Stunned or, if he signed for St Mirren. Yeah, I know, I know. But it depends on how much. Uh, I mean, sometimes clubs can get a financial backer from somewhere to kind yeah, of subsidise something, or sometimes it depends how much a player's willing to let his kind of wage demands drop and that kind of thing. But or, yeah, it might be, or how much you get paid off from Rangers as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised as well, but it was, it was just the first name that popped into my head without really doing yeah. anything. Isma Calves was on Instagram this morning with a picture of a plane saying new challenge. So again, yeah. he could be back in the game as well. But I think whoever, I think whoever the Lafferty ends up will be the will be the the deciding factor for whoever finishes in the top six out of those three at this moment in time. And Aki's, do you think? Um, do you think Aki's? They, they 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 got hammered in the first game. They then did what they always do, and they beat Kilmarnock the yeah. next week. But then they've, they've been pretty shit since. Do you think? Do you think this is this is going to be? Craig, that's the I'm, I'm not going to even say anymore. <laughs> this is see, I'm not going to say it because they constantly justify the odds and stay up. So I'm going to. I just don't have much faith in the manager this time. And I, I, think, was I, this, this I was saying this last season that as well. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, it, got, it was this state when we were in the, the top flight previously. Year on year, was it this year? No, this year. And then the year that everyone assumed somebody else would go down, that's when they dropped out. This year, as the season started, St Mirren and Livingston, you looked at them and went, oh, I think they'll be the guys. I think Aki's will be fine. I think this year will be the year Aki's drop out. I just, I can't see. The, they're relying on at this moment in time like a 17 year old winger changing the game for them in the past well, a couple had, yeah Cunningham and Smith seem to be yeah. who they're hanging their hat on just now yeah. in the past they've had somebody like Greg Doherty um, or Lewis Ferguson yeah. or James MacArthur or obviously McCarthy mm-hmm. before that as well but they've always had like a central midfielder or Andrew who pro- provides that bit of quality Crawford's another one yeah. Crawford's just central midfielders who just keep them moving throughout the game but McKinnon looked just miles off it at the weekend as well they just don't have that they don't have that quality central midfielder. And so if you're relying on particularly a young winger, it's a guy who's going to have to learn his game and learn how to be the talisman for a team at a very, very young age. And again, he's looked great. But we saw last year with like Jake Hasty, for example, came into the team and nobody knew how to deal with him for three games. After three games, teams figured out if you double up on him, he's going to have to try and beat two players and he hasn't quite figured out how to do that. So unless Lewis Smith progresses incredibly quickly... I think they'll struggle. I, I think that's that. I think Aki's will go down. I'll stick, I'll stick to that in the meantime. All right. Uh, so we'll head to the capital again uh, with Hibernian 2, St Johnston 2. Adam Jackson, whoever he is, scoring. Florian Cumberry <laughs> scoring for Hibs as well. Before Michael Halloran and Jason Kerr with a late winner for St Johnston in Edinburgh, which is uh, at Easter Road in the same spot that they seem to do just about once a season. Oh yeah, that celebration. And my favourite one of them is when uh, Stephen McLean scores a late winner, I think, yeah. and whips his top off, and then he actually ends up behind the mob that rushed to the front. Yeah, he's just he's walking. Just, he's, walking like, through it. he's like in row DD or something yeah, like that. The big man. Um, so we, we actually got a, a healthy amount of notes from Tony Anderson on this as well, but 
my so looking at it, my feeling is that Hibs are sort of very fluid in all the very wrong ways for it, and that they're just not the team is not they don't know what they don't seem to know what the best eleven is like you're saying about, about Robinson particularly but for Hibs even more so they don't really know where they want anybody Does, to be. Doesn't seem like a system with Hibs. It no. doesn't. They do seem disjointed. Um, their defenders seem like they're getting on. They don't. What what they did where they played Scott Allen and. I mean, he's been excellent this season. He's been as great. Well. But Scott Allen thrives with having you know midfielders there doing the dirty work. It's that he basically came in as like the big dog where you had Hagenbottom saying it's like the Don Homer scene where he goes, you know, Scott Allen, I have baked a special donut just for you. <laughs> now that donut was definitely the donuts have dried up because if he's playing them in right mid, I mean, come on, that's you're not going to get the best at Scott Allen, and then he's suddenly going to get the best at all. It it's, it's, like. I mean, there's a whole pile of evidence of Scott Allen turning up at teams being stuck on the right being stuck somewhere else just playing in the middle because every time he plays in the middle the, he played like, when he eventually got a game for Dundee and eventually played through the middle mm-hmm. he was terrific he was and great. then immediately got punted back out again and ended up back at Hibs when he was then put back in the middle and that was when he's in his best run of form it's a really simple thing to do and but even this season even this season yeah absolutely the, the little time that Heckenbottom's had him He's playing through the middle so far, and he's he's been he's he's far away in the best players. He's been yeah. scoring goals and, and creating. Yeah, yeah even, like everybody everybody came in their pants at that pass that he made in a six one defeat. You know what I mean? He's been he's been the best part of their season, <laughs> and he moves them out to the right wing. I don't know. I, I just I just don't understand it. And the other thing that Tony was saying is it seems like. Um, the way that Heckenbottom wants to set his team up is very rigid. Like he gives them yeah. a box that they're kind of not allowed. Hibs to have go never out been of. a rigid team. They've been quite free flowing, smooth football. Like, it's it's the Hibs way, Stevie. They taught Brazil how to play. <laughs> it's a strange one. He's saying like um, uh, the likes of Lewis Stevenson and Gray. One of their strengths is kind of getting up and down, and he says that they barely go past the halfway line now. And uh, yeah, it, it just it just seems like it's quite right. a quite a rigid formation. But, particularly he's... if you're going to do that, if you're going to play Allen the right wing, which as we agree is not like the best thing to do, but if you're going to do that, you have to let Greg get outside him because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that takes the man away, that gives him the space that he wants to play in. Mm-hmm. So asking Allen to number one track Matty Kennedy, who's one of the best wingers in the league, um, without having Greg go past him, which then gives him no space to work in, and is asking him to do an awful lot more work physically than he needs to be doing. It, none of that makes it like one bit if, if all of those work together and you figure if you figure out oh there's more space out on the right hand side because maybe Kennedy won't track back in and maybe Tanzer's a little bit more mm-hmm. defensive, defensively suspect and that no, might work but without Gray making that run without Gray making that space it's not going to work or without yeah. asking one of the central midfielders to come out and cover uh, Kennedy well, that, that, going that, goes, that goes to what I, what I was about to say actually someone like Bartley I mean Bartley obviously wasn't great for the last season for Hibs he had his uses in certain matches like they'd bring him in for the big games or the derbies and, the, and he would be in his element in a derby and in a battle basically but so it's not so much that they needed to keep a hold of Bartley but they didn't really bring in anybody to replace Play him something. they don't have a they don't really have a defensive midfielder they have Vela who they seem to want to play there who, who doesn't seem to be like that kind of player so yeah maybe that wouldn't have Bartley maybe wouldn't have uh, been any use for or changed the result against yeah. St Johnston there but he's a he's, a type, type, he's of a type of player, player that they're missing yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but all credit to St Johnston, they've had a very poor start to the season, and that's two weeks in a row now they've been behind and come back. Obviously, they came back yep. from twice in this match, and they were 2 0 down to Livy the week before. Two weeks out, it would have been, because uh, yeah. it would have been the, the week off for the yeah. League Cup, and they've come back and, uh, and got a draw there. So, so fair play. Um, St Johnston have 
had a habit. They've not always done it, but there was a run of seasons where they had a habit of starting poorly and then and then uh, eventually putting it together. And I think they'll probably do the same again this season. For, for St Johnston fans as well, this year is Tommy Wright. I think what we on the third version of Tommy Wright because we had the, the kind of dull Tommy Wright. Then we had the really exciting Tommy Wright for a really short period of time. Then we had went back no, the dull Tommy Wright. Now we've got the glasses wearing. We've got gla- we've, you know, got glasses the glowing kisses. Glasses wearing. That was good part. It was very good. I mean, Who's it aimed at? Everyone. I still don't know who it was aimed at. The press, the, the, the papers, Hibs fans, everybody, just anybody that was there. I wonder if it the, new Hibs, the new Hibs owner, maybe he was up there as well. I wonder the if new... it was the press box. Absolutely not. Yes, he's been reading TJDS blog. It could have been me. But I was not. <laughs> Tom, Thomas, I wasn't at um, Easter Road. But I, I, I constantly do berate St Johnston in my articles. I have an irrational <laughs> hatred of them. I'm very upfront and honest about it. I don't know what it is about them. They're just there. It's like a lot of people say Hamilton are that team. For me, St Johnston. But I do have to grudgingly say it was a good result for them there um, to salvage that because I thought St Johnston away against Hibs for that season, the start they had. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic three points for Hibs, but no, they proved me. And Hickenbottom has had a good results against teams like St Johnston. It's it's um, the the teams that finished in the top six last season is who he struggled against. That he's barely got a win against. I think he's got a win against Hearts and maybe one other. And the win against Hearts barely counts. And it's just like when he first came in, when he, when Hickenbottom first came in, he had a run of games that mm-hmm. were like St Johnston, Hamilton, and he, Dundee, and all that. Yeah, yeah. He, he won, he or he was unbeaten in the first five or something like that. Or the only one he lost was the cup C- game to C- Celtic. I Celtic, it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the league games, I think he went five league games unbeaten, won four of them, or something like that. That's off the top of my head, sorry, but it was something along those lines. And then he barely won a game in the top six, and that 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 patterns continued, and. You can kind of understand the the Hibs fans' frustration. We've not talked about his comments or anything yet, but you can kind of understand the Hibs fans' frustration when they see their best player put out onto the right um, and it not work, basically. And then they see him come off. And maybe they're not, as Tony said, maybe some people are not necessarily booing the fact that Allen's been substituted off after playing 120 minutes yeah. uh, the previous game. Um, it's more that well, you've just wasted an appearance because you've just played him on the right where he's not comfortable. And both Sports Scene highlighted it and Tony pointed out the only two times that he actually did something was when he drifted into the centre himself and uh, made something happen. But just as a, I'll just finish off what I was saying about Tony, Tony, uh, sorry, Tony? Tommy Wright on his, his third generation of, of Tommy Wright. And he's now, I think it's with the glasses and he looks slightly more like a school teacher. And he now trusts youth. So we've got youth trusting Tommy Wright as well. Because you had, obviously, Clark's 27, but then you've got Duffy, Kerr, Gordon, Tanzer, McCann, Kennedy, Kane and Hendry, who are all 24 or under as well. And then you're sprinkling in, like, O'Halloran, Davidson, Craig, Swanson. And that's it's a real change in the makeup of that St. Johnston team as well. They started that process last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. just started, started dropping them in. But that's, for what is the sort of accepted truth that St. Johnston teams are old, ageing and stuffy, they're not at all. It's really not what they are at all. And you've still if I know got, anything, still... that will be that trope will be repeated for yeah. years oh, yes. yes. beyond now. Even though, like in the in the media, it'll be repeated for years and years yeah. with absolutely no evidence to back it up because that, yeah. that that's what happens. Once these things get you get labelled with one of these things, it sticks. I'm saying this as a bitter big physical hearts fan, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to change the narrative on this as well because it is a young St Johnston team. Still got Dre Wright to come back as well, and one of those players who uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. About 
about uh, them still never replacing Chris Miller like yeah. that kind of player and this Alistair McCann looks yeah. like he could be the kind of ball playing centre midfielder that they've been the Johnson Johnson fans talk about him as well particularly in that his first game I think it was a Levy win the first half just in a shocker um, and Tommy Wright of old perhaps may have gone get the fuck I'm not, I'm not dealing with you but he obviously trusts him or ultimately doesn't have another great option in there but he's given them the chance and they were saying that I'd certainly from looking at the game it looks like he's grown into the game an awful lot more in there as well I'd also like just on the Scott Allen uh, shrewball um, <laughs> Liam Craig's shrewball for the uh, O'Halloran goal was not quite obviously not as good because nothing's as good as Scott Allen's shrewball but the, the, the Liam Craig win for the for the Michael Halloran shot that uh, Ophel Marciano jumped in another postcode to avoid was a, was a very very reverse pass was very very worth watching so we'll move on to another, the, the other of Sunday's games as uh, Borna Bear uh, grabbed uh, Rangers a one nothing victory in Paisley. So, Stevie, I presume you watched this. <laughs> yeah, you came back. I'm a Celtic fan, but yes, I watched the Rangers game. Um, I did. It was dreadful. Yeah, there wasn't was a lot of quality. Was not a, a lot of that. I don't know how many St Mirren fans you have listening to the show, right? <laughs> but. Submitting contributed to why that was a terrible game of football. Had they just went went for it against Rangers, it would have made for a more exciting game. Now I understand why they had, got annihilated, though. Do you not think? I I understand why they played the way they did. I get it, um, and I'm sure the fans would have rather seen one point instead of none. Yeah, but it was just a, a horribly stuffy game and conditions and the weather it was. It was it was minging to watch. Um, some goal to say, what though you have to say? What a free kick. It looked like it was maybe going to be a bit more open than it was. I think in the first three minutes or something, Defoe had that chance, which I don't think he had, I don't think he knew how much time and space no. he had there and he just kind of, he just kind of hits it on the turn. He had to take that route in the goalie. Ah, he lashes at it kind of on the turn. I thought turn. watching Rangers, they did miss, uh, <laughs> it was like a physical battle with them they were up against the mm. defence. Um, Defoe, is a totally different striker than Morelos. Yeah. That, that was a game for Morelos to do his bulldozer part. It seems to be at the moment, and this might change next week actually, but it seems to be at the moment that Morelos is his European striker and um, mm. Defoe's is his uh, domestic striker. And you can't really argue when he's kind of scored a hat-trick against Hibs. When, when they're both just firing. It's worked yeah. up until yeah. this point, yeah. Um, and obviously I know it was East Fife, but he scored a very good goal against East Fife as well the week before. So when he has been playing in the domestic matches, he's been scoring and... Uh, Morelos is just more suited to a lone striker role when it comes to the European games when you're not seeing as much of the ball and sometimes you have to just hit it direct to relieve pressure and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be a bit more open than it was, but you're right, um, St Mirren, St Mirren just sat in. The two centre-halves gobbled up everything. I thought McLaughlin was excellent. I thought McLaughlin was, was, was absolutely um, terrific. Both uh, Foley and Flynn in front of the, the back four were, were, were very good as well. I mean, yeah, I, I've been hugely impressed. I'm, I'm sure I said it was the the first sports scene of the season, and the, the team graphic flashed up, and I thought St. Mirren were going to be in bother this season as soon as the team graphic. I don't know, bad. <laughs> one one eleven in that team looks like an entirely reasonable team, and this was as 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 Goodwin said after the game. Sort of the start of the season I've had of Hibs Aberdeen Rangers. Yeah, three points out of that. Whether you're a good team, a bad team, or a different team. That's a decent. They've not team. lost heavily. That's no, the they've been they've, twice. They've been yeah. very. They've been very in. Or they've been they've been competing in every one of the games. Levy Ross County Hamilton the next three games is a, is a much better judge in terms of yeah. how good bad again how much of a what kind of a season they're going to have. Uh, it's going to be interesting it. because the games are going to have to come out and actually yeah, play to go play for the win instead of stifling teams. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they are in a few weeks. Aye, because obviously what the 
they haven't scored many goals in the league so far, but you've listed the teams they've just played against. So yeah, like you say, this will be a good test of where they are and what the likes of whether Bika and Dermas and yeah. these guys can kind of start getting on the score sheet and creating. Yeah, and again, chuck in St. Mirren probably in that pile with, with as I say, Motherwell, St. Johnston and Kilmarnikov possibly needing a, a, a recognised centre forward. The Obika they brought in in the junior Marais. Marais, yeah. I, I have no, no idea. I, why did I, 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 I've never seen any old subscribed and players called Junior. <laughs> I don't I can't remember. I can, I can barely remember another Junior that played in Scottish football, but they all played for St Mirren. Um, anything in the Hellander penalty claim? Uh, I think the analysis on BT Sport was quite good. That um, I mean, I, maybe I don't think the referee sees this right enough. I mean, he's maybe got to the conclusion and he's, right he's got the right, the right answer, but the wrong way. But you can see uh, it'll be his knee. Hits uh, or comes into contact with Hellander's ankle, and that that makes Hellander fall over. So, I mean, if that hadn't happened and Hellander had just slipped, then yeah, it's a penalty to St. Mirren. But uh, well, Craig, I'm just going to counter that and say it's a logical conspiracy that it's oh, a big Masonic witch hunt against us. What was his name, and where was he drinking afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> just, just around all this, but obviously, it's, it's a big week for Celtic and a big week for Rangers as well. Um, you'd imagine Celtic will see out the, the European time. Oh, it's done. It's already yeah. in the bag. Rangers, what is a successful week for Rangers? Go out in Europe and beat Celtic? Go through in Europe, lose to Celtic? Or do, do Celtic, the Rangers I think Rangers fans will be looking at that as if they want to be big dogs, they have to win both games. End of that. And I think a lot of Rangers fans will say that. Yeah, I think especially after winning the when they win the two games that I brought last season, is that correct? They did, yes. It was I comprehensive after, as well. After doing that and then being... And being better on paper now and starting this season better, I think, yeah, I agree with Stevie that they'll be looking, Rangers fans will be wanting the Europa League group stage and they'll be wanting to set a marker down uh, in the in the old firm next week or the, the Glasgow Derby. Sorry, Stevie. Get my get my jargon right when you're on. <laughs> I'm just about to stay, have a protest there and walk out this flat. <laughs> As long as it's that protest, then that's fine. Um, uh, one game to go, and as always, because it's nothing each, come on at nil, Aberdeen nil. It's going to sleep in the couch, you know, right? I've seen a bit, Stevie. Right, we'll finish this, we'll round this off for you. Um, uh, are rumours of Alessio's demise over-egged? Uh, Craig Anderson, again, sent us through a whole collection of notes on this as well. And Certainly, from, from watching the highlights of the game, looking at the game, come on, like, there was a lot of sort of chatter about the players didn't want to play for the players are playing for them. The players are being as professional as they can possibly be, but they are a commandment team missing Jordan Jones, Yusuf Malumbu mm-hmm. from last year. Mm-hmm. I think if you drop either of those players into that commandment team just now, they just seem a bit one dimensional. There's not an awful lot there going forward. They look fine, um and, and sort of mm-hmm. grafting yeah. and workman like but there's no real quality to turn a game in the midfield or somebody going to beat somebody there. Brophy looks as if he's struggling up front yeah, as well. so far. Again, there's just no, no, no yeah. one anywhere near him. And there's no one to put pressure on him for his position no. either. That's mm-hmm. they're, they're lacking a few a forward de- options. Depth, yeah. definitely. Um, but I, I think, at the same time, I think they're not far away. If they can make a couple of additions before the transfer window, they, they don't look far away from being a decent side. They're not going to get anywhere near where they finished last season. But I think um, I think under any manager it would be difficult to, to replicate that, to yeah. be honest. Um, and you talk about the, the players not playing for them. Gary Dicker was on SportsZone, I think, last week. And he, I don't think he quite sounded as enthused as he could have about Alessio. But he didn't sound like he was... At the same he time, he, Yeah, he didn't sound like he was... Because he, mm-hmm. he hadn't played the previous match. And that, that, that I don't think that entered into his thinking. I don't think that made him... Uh, I don't think he didn't sound... 
as enthused because he hadn't played in the, yeah. the previous game. I don't think it was anything to do with that. I just think he's probably thinking, privately thinking, yes, things aren't quite as good as they were under Steve Clark, but it's still early and days. And I've appreciate that for what it was. New country for Alessio and all these kind of things as well. I just think that... I, I, I always, I mean, I keep going back to this, but I think there's just a bit of xenophobia in places when it comes to foreign managers coming here. He's the only one from out with the British Isles and the entire 42 clubs. And from the moment he came in the door, there's just been all this... Uh, negativity. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, is he going to have them trying to be... He's going to tear it all up and um, have them playing like AC true. Milan. He, he wants them to play like AC Milan, all this kind of stuff, before before his team had even kicked the ball. And yes, okay, they got off to a shocker, but still, Jim Goodwin takes over at um, St Mirren and the... And the noises uh, from the same people are he'll be wanting to put his own stamp on the team. You know what I mean? I, I just I just think there's um, people are too quick to jump down the throat. It's of almost some as if people managers. are still having horror nightmares over Bertie Volks. But then when you have the when you look back <laughs> you on it, playoff Stevie. I know, but no, no, I'm, I'm defending him. I'm defending him. But when you look back on it, Bertie Volks wasn't the big problem that no, people made out to be. Not even close. So yeah, uh, I see. I see uh, plastic pictures of claimed another bit. Right, this, well. is, this is another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, <laughs> and you just like, see it. Well, no, there's, there's two two things. Not just the injuries. It wasn't even the injuries thing I wanted to bring up. So apparently, there's never a good game on a plastic pitch, right? Which I, I don't. I think is a myth. Um, and people are talking about how this game was terrible, and it was terrible because it was on a plastic pitch. Now Aberdeen, well, I've got it here. I think Aberdeen have scored. Two goals in their last five. Kelly had scored two goals in their last five. They play out a nil-nil, and it's the fucking pitch's fault. Hamilton three Rangers six last season was a pitch on a plastic pitch. It's nonsense. Uh, Hibs, did Hibs and Kelly not have like some crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy like three all or beyond that? Yeah, I mean to say there's never been a good game on a plastic pitch is just utter fucking nonsense. And then um, apparently McKenna's injury was to do with it being over watered uh, that's what McInnes was saying they said they soaked the shit out of it at half time and he slipped and uh, uh, did he tear his hamstring in the end I can't remember I don't know I presume if he'd torn his hamstring he wouldn't have walked off but anyway there was uh, so he did something to his hamstring yeah. anyway and there was two injuries in the first half in the, the Ross County game Robinson and Fontaine going off Nobody talks about grass pitches uh, claiming another victim to quote one headline today. Um, Arnold June done his Achilles uh, up at Dingwall. Berra so Berra was so out for saying, four months. You're something wrong with the pitch at Dingwall. Yeah, probably. That, that, exactly. I mean, it's just as much. We should just start a campaign against Dingwall's grass pitch now because it's claiming as many victims as uh, plastic pitches. Um, Berra was out for four months after um, uh, doing an injury on a hybrid pitch. Um, Tommy Hoban was out, ruled out for the rest of the season up at Pataudry last season and the evidence is inconclusive at this point whether plastic pitches cause more injuries than grass so I take it the rumours are true that you're going to be market manager for Power League next week <laughs> I think we've uh, we've proved as well I'm not behind that uh, Twitter account that's uh, currently trying to ban which we will not pitches. mention which we will not mention at all we haven't uh, talked about Aberdeen at all by the way but should we? they were quite dull like, I, I, I don't they were as uninspired as they have been in every other game this what about Fakili Fakili they always seem to get turned over by Aberdeen at Rugby yeah. Park um, Aberdeen have a lot of joy there but for the highlights so Aberdeen were never in that game it was a, yeah. an, an awfully brutal watch for a two minute highlight package <laughs> excellent Zaz 
Why not? Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, apologies, Aberdeen fans. It's not our fault. It's Derek McInnes's fault. Listen to the Patreon. We'll, we'll discuss his, uh, his views on social media as well. Um, we, as I said, the Patreon was recorded earlier on. You can sign up to that at patreon.com slash tennis podcast. Uh, the guys will be back on Thursday with another show. I believe there will be a, an extra Patreon uh, Dundee Derby special on Thursday night as well, as long as I can find a Dundee fan that will actually sit in a room with a Dundee United oh, fan. I think there's also a 2004-2005 season review from review Joel coming out and yeah. Fowler coming out today as well. Uh, thank you very much, Craig, for, for hosting today. You're welcome. Stevie, you in, you want to plug? If I could just say a few words, maybe a better public speaker. <laughs> nah, I don't. I just Again, I want to just say... Ewan, I'm glad I could fill in for you because that would he was obviously the first choice. I'm just happy to be here. Don't say we're a Rangers podcast. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> down the line, you've got to pick one of them. It's like Elvis and the Beatles. You've got to pick either Rangers or Celtic. Well, Everybody's secret. You're not just anti Celtic. Everybody is. <laughs> no, um, correct. So, I thanks a lot for having me on. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much, Stevie. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.